Facebook Live from New York and San Francisco. We're going to have a relatively short show today. Um, Our guests, unfortunately, could not be with us, so we just have the United Nations and you as our amazing audience. We're going to go into sound bites, the latest news, and what we're up to. Thank you, and we're going to get started with Mr. Jay Logan. Mr. Logan, how are you? Hey, I'm doing okay. That's great. Unfortunately, our guest today is stuck in a plane, okay, over in Europe, all right? So Uh we are going to be the best people that we can, as usual, and have a great show. You ready to rock and roll and do that? Yep, I'm ready to rock and roll and rock and roll. Okay. Well, let us know how it's going out there in the good old San Fran, Oakland area. Oh, it's been kind of rainy. We're starting to get the rain in, and it's getting ready. We're going to have uh, El Nino out here, so it's going to be a really rainy season this year. Uh, that's what they're predicting. Um, we're doing good. Our Warriors are winning. We have the winningest NBA basketball team in the NBA right now. We're 12-0. and Everybody's upbeat. And uh, fortunately, our football teams aren't doing that well, but our basketball team is doing really good. And uh, so, are you trying to say are you, are you trying to rub it in a little bit about you know your basketball team? No, we just beat those New York Nets, and we, we you know we, we're going to get the Knicks too. So when we see you guys, you know, we're rubbing it in right now. I'm going to brag right now because we're twelve and zero, and everybody else is LeBron James and all the crew and. And uh, the Knicks and all of them will have lost games. So we're undefeated. Um, okay, you know, that's okay. You can rub it in a bit. But, you know, don't don't underestimate us. You know, you never know. It might be your team against us, you know. Ah, you're right. Well, I, I'm not going to rub it in. I'm just going to just – I'm just going to say right now um, we're doing good. Well, you know, to be honest with you, it's been a while since the um, – to be quite frank, it's been a while since the our team has done well. And, you know, part of being with a team is being there with them when they're up and when they're not, you know. So definitely very much looking forward to this and um, ready to rock and roll. Are you ready to rock and roll? Well, yeah, but just adding a little bit more to that, Gil, I am a New York Knicks fan. I was raised in New York. So, you know, my heart is still there with the Knicks also. So I can't really rub it in too much. Okay. We, we'll, get, we'll, you know, we'll let you off on that one. So, um, Jay, you know, we're going to get a little bit into the latest news. You know, but one thing I want to really start out with, okay, um, I was out of the country a couple of weeks ago, and coming back to the airport was really shocking to me. You know, you used to be able to sit down for dinner. So what's happening is really interesting. On one hand, they are really revving up drones, technology, and everything. And I love technology. I mean, you know, I go back and forth with this grappling. But what really got me in the airport is that there is an iPad per seat, per person. So you, you don't even have a choice. And I watched a family try to eat together with their children, and they were literally having to put their, the, even the server who was serving them had to put their arms over the iPads to try to get the food to each other to a newborn baby. And I said, you know, wait a minute, this is a bit much. So I just wanted to share that, like how far we're going, that you have iPads sitting right in front of you. And then, Jay, there was women and men in there who were working on both their phones, computers, 
and iPads. I don't know. What are your thoughts? Well, so basically you're saying there's an iPad per customer, a per seated customer on the plane now that's kind of takes away some of the comfortability, not the plane. which is no, not a word. No, not, the, not the plane, the restaurants within the airport. Oh, so, so yeah. they have, yeah, wow. You can't, you can't, what is it? I'm sorry, go ahead. Roger, what, is that because the iPad is used as a menu now and they don't want to use paper? Is that what it is? No, not at all. It's actually you sit down, you dine, you're either waiting for your plane or leaving from your plane, you know, from your gate. And, you know, there's always restaurants along your gate. And what's happening now is you can't even, people, you know, there are people who sit at a bar, they want to drink, or there are families who want to sit and wait and dine in one of the local, you know, uh, uh, eateries along the way while they're waiting for their plane, and they can't because literally there's an iPad per seat per person. You can't get around it, and it's it's uh, set up and like literally mantled to the table. Wow! So it's like the, so you can't <laughs> you, you can't even eat. It's literally in the way of your food. I mean, I watched this in disbelief. I couldn't believe it. Well, that's uh, that's different. I know when you go to us, I wouldn't. It's a it's a re, it's a restaurant. We won't say the name, but they start with a day of the week. I go there, and you <laughs> have these iPads. <laughs> you have these iPads, and you order, and then you're you know, uh, Jelena can play games on it while you're doing your thing. But it's only one there, opposed to four sitting there. I could, couldn't imagine four mini iPads or regular set iPads. Um, in the way, it's not, you know, what are you doing? I mean, what's the purpose? Um, we're, you know, we're coming to eat. We're not coming to play video games or surf the web. So, yes, you know, maybe maybe they don't know that it's in the way. Maybe they, maybe they don't know it's in the way, and they're looking at it as a luxury to have this wonderful iPad. They didn't even use mini iPads. Uh, you know, we will have something to talk about these mini iPads later, but that's amazing, yeah. I mean, what do you do? Like, you know, they make so many iPads, you know, the iPad 1. I still have my iPad uh, 1, and then you got the iPad 2, and my mom has an iPad 3. So what do you do with these iPads? And now you got an iPad coming out every year and a half. So what do you do with the old iPads? Do you recycle these things? Um, it's too many you of know, them now. I really believe it, it. It is, and you don't. You know, it's it's great because I love technology. You know, that's it's, it's a love, you know. And, but, you know, the question is, what are we doing here? You know, that's really the question. What are we literally doing here? You know? Yeah. It's, yeah. it's we're, concern. We're, what are we doing? That's that's the question. We're, <laughs> we're living in the Jetsons era, you know, with the flying that's, cars and the iPads and the iWatches and, you know the, the the drones, and we are in that era, you know. Um, and it's uh, maybe technology isn't all what it's supposed to be. Maybe it's now become cumbersome, where it's in the way now. We have technology, and we're stumbling over it. It's too much technology. And uh, you should be able to eat. Uh, I want to go to a decent restaurant. I don't want to see an iPad in front of me. I want to see how the food tastes. I want to eat some curry. I want to know how it tastes. I want to spice. Uh, I don't want to spill stuff on an iPad or fight so with the, spice, you know, I, I don't want to spend our whole show on this, Jay, but what was, you know, because I, I know you have other things you want to speak about, but, you know, what is really interesting is 
it, what caught me off guard is I think if it had just been me or you or an individual, it, you know, or just people, you know, and they're, you know, regular students or whatever, there wouldn't have been a problem. But I watched a family try to talk with each other, but the iPads were sitting in front of them. And they were trying to feed their daughter, and they weren't able to. And their daughter was the daughter was trying to talk to her mom and dad, and she couldn't. And she must have been about six years old. She had to literally put her knees up on a wood chair and try to talk over the iPads. And I said, wait a minute. Have we really got, it's like they're being forced down your throat. Are we making the wrong decisions? Are we not looking at the importance of it being a choice? You know, I thought that's what technology was, a choice. So that's what I found very, very interesting. Now, technology is, is a choice, but it's also a way to keep tabs on everybody. So you have to look at it, what do you want to be safe? Because the iPad can be used to record things that you're doing or keeping up with where you're going and you're socializing and who you're speaking with. And So, you know, you look at technology as a way to make our humanity safer, but at the same time, it also invades the privacy of people. And there you go, eating dinner with an iPad is definitely invading <laughs> privacy trying to eat. And you got these you got these these things in front of you and uh that's amazing and maybe the owner of the um of some of these restaurants thinks they're doing us a favor by putting these iPads there. You know, maybe you know I know I go to the dentist, you know, and they got iPads, you sit there before the you know, in the dentist waiting area, you know, so you can mess with the iPads right there while you get you may get your one of your tooths extracted. So they're everywhere. It's um that's it's, it's marketing it's, it's, they're everywhere, yeah. It, it is. It really is. You know, Jay. One one of the things that we have to take. You know, it's it's a little just disconcerting for me that a child couldn't even talk to their parents. That really hit me, and I was like, "Wow, okay, this is not good." You know, this just truly is not good. We're sitting here, and you know, it's just, uh, yeah. That, that's all I can well, say. I just, just, I, I just want to say this. Um, Speaking of iPads, you know, it, it just released the iPad Pro. Okay, but the Pro is, isn't isn't. <laughs> well, I want to get out of here. I'm in trouble right now. So the Pro isn't as good as the iPad Mini Four. So if you guys are do want another iPad, you'd be better off buying the little smaller one than the Pro, unless you just need something bigger. The Pro has better sound and all this, and it holds has more memory. But the little Mini Pro. Mini 4, it works a lot better. It has better imaging and better. The photos look better, and it works a lot better. And it's cheaper. You don't have to pay $700. You can pay another $399 and get the Mini 4. So I wanted to put, since you're speaking about iPads, I wanted to bring that up. And I think well, no, technology no, I know is, it, yeah. Great. I know it came out, but now let me ask you something. Are you saying that the Pro is not as good as the smaller one? Yes. Not as, okay. not as good. If you do it, yes. <laughs> that that sounds very strange. Can you you know share with us a little bit more about that, Jay? Well, it's it's it, you know what is an iPad? It's a display, right? I mean, basically, you buy an iPad because you want to be able to see things and it's small and it's compact, but you basically want to see your pictures and your family and you want to display. The display on the bigger unit, the quality is not as clear. The clarity, really, it's not as really? clear. Yeah, and yeah, it's not. And it's surprising. It's surprising 
given the high profile nature of the iPad Pro, it's, it's surprising. But the uh, the the one that was released in September this early September this year, it took first place, uh, best in every category, you know, except the contrast ratio. But that earned very good scores. But far as the the color accuracy and contrast rating and the light, lower screen reflection, uh, it, it 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 just killed it. Um, even offered textbook perfect LCD display, the textbook stuff on there. So it'd be better to buy the smaller one unless you just want to have something big because you just want to have a big, nice Pro. Now, the Pro has a nice, it has better audio, and it has more more memory. But aren't you doing the same thing? I mean, what's the difference? You know, it's basically, you know. So that's, that's, what, that's what happened with this Pro. It took The Mini 4 took first play, first place and was marked best in every category. Uh, versus the pro, except in contrast ratio. And that's just the contrast, you know. And that becomes, you know. So, yeah, that's what's happened with that. Um, maybe they should switch all of those uh, at the airport to minis. And maybe that you can get around a little bit more. You can put your food on one side and your dessert on the side, put the mini right there. You know, maybe you get rid of those uh, seven inch, those big seven-inch screens <laughs> that they have now. But, you know, what I think is. People don't know what to do with the older iPads. So they're trying to figure out what to do with these things. You know, we got all these iPads now. We got the iPad 1, the iPad 2, the iPad 3, the iPad 4, the iPad Pro, the iPad. It's just ridiculous. And, and you know, you come up with, Apple comes out with a new iPad every year or every year. And after a while, you can't, you only can sell so many. Well, yeah, exactly. You gotta, and, you know, and and the thing is, you know, it's it's a funny thing. There's what I'm finding, uh, Jay. After being out of the country a few weeks ago for a conference, what I'm finding is that there's the biggest fight ever right now going on. Uh, that fight is finding where technology is an additive and a supportive rather than taking away. Okay, so we have drones and we have all these other things, and it's getting to the point where will the jobs really be? You know. Um, I want to share something. I was out of the country, and I had the opportunity to go get a postcard, okay, um, and write on it and send it out and go to their post office. Um, you know, being in this particular country was great because they are they ha- they seem to be. It, it's hard for them too in Europe, but this this particular country seems to have a a smart direction. In, in blending the old and the new, okay? Um, and I, I found like uh, there still was a CD store. I almost fell on the floor that there was a CD store and people were buying CDs and that there's also a Tower Records where CDs are just, that's all that's being sold, okay? That really uh, blew my mind, okay? Um, so that was great. Um, it was just amazing. That's all I can say. It was just, just really, really amazing to see those things. So, um, yeah, it's, uh, you know, and then, um, yeah, it was just it was amazing to be there. I really felt like I was in, in the midst of things. And they're also in this country, Jay, dealing with, here's another thing. This takes us right into our next topic, Jay, youth. They are also dealing with, right now, some major companies who I will not name because I like these companies as well, but they've come into the country and they've actually um, invested into the country. But kids who are going to school for, like, humanities, writing, um, you know, maybe pharmaceutical, 
those are um, they're at they're they're on a point system, sort of like a caste system that um, is throughout other countries too. And and what it is is that if you take math, or if you take engineering, or if you take technology or science, okay, which is a little different than pharmaceuticals, you will actually be given more points and more opportunities, and more companies will you know come into you. This you know, and that I found uh, there's a uh, parent speaking to me about this, and he felt it was unfair. His uh, son has become a lawyer, and his son is just as happy being a lawyer. But there's no extra points for being a lawyer. There's no extra points for being a doctor. Even though a doctor would fit into science, that's not the science that they're talking about. They're talking about bioscience or, you know, biogenetic science or, you know, genetically modified things. It's really, you know, so this country is like in itself fighting itself, but at the same time, the always seem to be winning. So they're finding a beautiful balance. And people still have the beauty, the beauty of their countryside, and they love their countryside. And this is still in a Western, a very Westernized country. So I think, you know, there are things that we can learn. You know, I think sometimes it's our nature to just go run, invest in the country, put technology in it, and then that's it. You know, this, the people of this country are hardworking people, and they're not about to let technology take over what, you know, they need. And they're also trying to get their young people not to forget their culture. So I just wanted to share that one thing with you, Jay. Wow. That's, uh, that's, uh, that's interesting. Wow. Yes. Yeah, they're really, they're really, there's a point system. So now that a lot of the tech companies have come into their country, it's a, um, they, they ask the government to raise the point system for people who are in school. If you take mathematics, engineering, technology, and certain types of science, you're going to do well, okay? But if you're taking humanities and other things, you know, and that brings us to where is our journalism going? Where, what's how, now, our writers seem to be doing well. And interestingly enough, uh, what I'm finding is that books are coming back, okay? Books are back. That's another interesting thing that I found. Books are coming back. There, there's a, uh, Barnes & Noble has the new commercial on with Lady Gaga and Tony Bennett, the merging of the new and the old. I get excited when I hear this. So I'm starting to feel great about this because I love to read on my tablet, but I also love to read my book. Books are wonderful. Um, a lot of lost information that didn't get transferred over digitally are still left in these books, so we need to... You know, books need to be uh, reincarnated. <laughs> I would say um, so important. Um, and even I'm looking at Amazon.com, and they're starting to sell more books. And you know, you know, paperback is back. Paper is back. You know, and and, and it's, it's important. It's important that the, that the kids have books because you can take them with you and just be careful. You know, because you know what? Even my my um my i my iWatch or my iPad. They run out of uh, juice. <laughs> the book doesn't. The book, the book stays on all day, all year, all night. You don't have to worry about plugging it up, plugging the book up. Um, you don't have to worry about recharging, uh, dropping it. You can drop it. It still works. Um, and, you know, you, you need them. You know, you learn more from a book, I think, because uh, basically uh, you can always have it in front of you. Um I mean, we know technology is great, but um, and we know that they have the Amazon Kindles and all these things. But 
I think that uh, a lot of things is lost if we don't keep our libraries with books in them. Um, a lot of people that can't afford a Kindle, that can't afford um, any of this technology, they won't learn. They won't learn even how to own any technology because they don't have any books to read. So we definitely need to keep uh, these textbooks. And even though we have some e-books and e-tablets and all that, that's wonderful, but books are so important. Um, I have all my books. Um, my auntie left me some, some books. I grabbed them, and um, I've learned more from those books than you can learn from any online. Because basically when you're looking at online technology, you're looking at something that has been tailored made. So you're only going to see what they want you to see. In a book, you kind of get a more better perspective of what's going on. Not to say everything in a book is, the, you know, absolutely correct, but I think books are better uh, for the kids and kids to have fun with. And it's harder to destroy them. So, Well, I have another it, really great thing to share. Facebook. It's about ownership, yeah. too. I meant to say... I meant to say it's about ownership, too. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to cut you off. You know, the human fact that I'm going to say real fast, yo. You own it. You get to have this book. This kid, this little kid, gets, she's happy. I got a book. Oh, no. You know, something you can you can hold. You can't just eat stuff. You, you can't own it. You, you can't take it home. You can't feel it. You know, even with these well, downloads. This is, all this, this, is, stuff. this is what I've shared with you before. You can't own it. You know, um, you know, you often hear me say on the radio, on the radio when we talk is that you cannot, when you're sitting with a child, you know, when you go into a library, there's so many books to choose from. On an iPad, you can only flip through the screen, and that's a big difference. The beauty of knowledge is something you can't take, and books are actually being re. So there's been a, a controversy a bit about the 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 digitizing of existing books that they are actually not, Jay, being um, – we're just getting that they're not – what is the word? Because I don't want to sound like I'm not sure here. I'm very clear. Uh, but books are not being translated exactly as what it says. That's what we're finding. They're not translating exactly as to what they were, you know, that what's in the original context of the other book. Words are not being uh, included. Some words rewritten if they've missed it. You know, this is really, really important. You know? And, so, and, um, and, and, yeah, it's, it's it's important. And how do you share? You know how you know, yeah, you say, hey, Jay, here's a book you could read. Why don't you check this out? How do you share an e-book? I mean, and then this other question is some books aren't easily translated to e-readers format. It's kind of hard to transfer uh, a book to an e-reader's format. It, it doesn't go over good, you know, and they kind of usually are unreadable because they're two different things. Um, so, and then, like I said, how do you share it? You know, does Grandma need a Kindle? I mean, <laughs> it's, it's 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 interesting. It's interesting, <laughs> but it's actually true. You know, and I want to go right into something that, you know, we're speaking of this. You know, um, special education teachers start each day on a positive note, okay? Special education. We got to look at who's in special education, okay, um, and where kids are being placed. So this is this is important. So why don't we get into that too, Jay, about special education? Because actually any child that has ADD, ADHD, um, you know, hyperactive, 
whatever it is, autistic, they have right. a certain part of their brain that focuses in on things to an extreme. We have them on technology. Their, their minds are gone. It will be even harder to connect with them on a social, you know, level. And we've got to keep that balance. So what are your thoughts on this? Um, you know, you shared this article with us today. Uh, I think this guy, it's uh, this, this special education teacher, um, Chris, his name is Chris. He's, he spends 10 minutes each morning just complimenting all the students. That wakes them up because they feel good about themselves. And he's put these videos on Facebook. Um, uh, he says every child deserves to feel acceptable in this world. And uh, he says their confidence and self-worth has skyrocketed since he started doing this. And it, you can see this guy, he tells him, oh, I'm so happy you're in my class and you're doing a great job and you're funny and you're very brilliant and you're smart. And he does this to every kid before he starts, every morning before he starts teaching his class. Yeah, what if we did that in just period to all the kids, you know, instead of, you know, the kids just walk into class, sit down, and here we go. It would definitely motivate kids, you know, to do better in school. Um, special education is so important because these kids, they are not able to, uh, you know, they, don't, they, they communicate in a different way, and they respond to different things, and um, – it's very important that we teach these other kids and they have the same education that our other kids have, the same access to the same resources. So I don't know if any other teacher is doing that, but I'm so happy that this guy from Florida is doing that. And this thing has gone viral. You can, um, you can basically just Google his name. Um, his name is uh, Chris Omar. Uh, that's U-I-R-M-E-R. And, um, it's just wonderful that he's doing that. And I have some friends that need, have special needs. And I know one of my friends, Gail, a nurse has to go with him um, everywhere he goes, to his appointments, to everything. He has, he's a very challenged mental kid. He has some brain things that are going on. And you need to pay special attention to these kids because they, we want to build, build their self-worth. Because a lot of times they feel like they're not worth anything, you know. And absolutely, you know, we want to build this at work. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, absolutely, Jay. Absolutely. You know, um, oh, there's so much news. One of the things that you know, talking about news. You know, one of the things that um, I was looking at, you know, with the news. Okay, is that you know, there is so much news. There is so much content, and we're talking about how much to put content. And you know, going back to those iPads in a restaurant, it, it you know. Human beings, you can only push them so far. We're still animals who like to – we're still animals. We're just highly evolved animals who like to do things on our level. You know what I mean, Jay? And Right. It's just so much content. And then, you know, you and I are both in technology. We're in film. We're in the arts. And it is so – it's like we're jamming so much content down the throats of all of us. So much content. So yes. it's just, you know, how do you weed out which is the best content for you, too? You know, which is, you know, it's like so much content in a day that we stayed in, we end up staying glued to our computers. Right. You know? We're glued to, to technology. It's terrible. It is. It, you, know, you know, let me say this. It's not that it's so terrible. It's just that 
technology has a way. You know, Oculus is something that Mark Zuckerberg um, and others are trying to use for the good. But when you use it for video and other stuff like video games, you can get really addicted. It does it because it, it's you look in the back of you and you think you're in you're in the place where the video is taking place. Because when you look at if you're at a playground and you look in the back of you, you see the back of the playground. That's the way the videos are made for Oculus, okay, for Oculus Rift. So this this is something like I'm looking at. We've got to be careful because at that table, like I'm talking about Oculus Rift, all the content we're jamming down, all the information. There was a woman on Everyday News yesterday who had to let go of her kids. Her kids were taken away from her. She's young. She's 33 years old. Her children were taken away from her because she stays on social media so much. She was neglecting her family. She's neglecting wow. her family. This is a woman who is middle class, married, the whole bit in the New York City area, uh, two kids, doing really well, and that's what happened to her. Wow. Well, that's a shame when your your social life is more important than your real life. And, well, it's not even that, Jay. It, what, it, I, I will tell you that she didn't even become, it wasn't that what was most important. It's that what they said about it, social media, reading online, even just reading online forces you to want to know what's next, what's next, what's next. On one hand, technology is great because it gives us access to things, to finding out things that we would never know. So, yeah, definitely... Definitely uh, a great thing. Um, so, you know, um, and, you know, then I'm going to get to one other thing, and then I know you've got some things, too. I, I, I'm, I'm really, this one, you know, usually everyone, Jay is doing all of the news, but today I'm really, I guess, taken back by a lot of things that have happened. Paris. Everyone is talking about Paris. And I was with everyone, too, Jay. And you may have seen this on my Facebook wall, Jay. I was, you know, I turned my... My profile picture, the flag colors of France, and I'm still supportive of France. But a young lady wrote, she was very young, she wrote a blog. I think she was like 15 or 16. She said, while we are celebrating France, there are people actually in Syria being bombed. There are people in other parts of Europe being bombed. There are people in parts of Africa being bombed. And we don't turn our flags, our profiles that color. She said, because if we did, We'd be turning our profiles that color every day. And that hit me. And I kept my profile the same color as the France flag, not because of just France, to more symbolically see that we, a world, if we look at the the documentary series, Jay, that um, Oprah did on belief, she tried to show everyone that they're the same, that no matter what they believe, we're still human at the end of the day, and we want to connect with each other and with ourselves. And I wish that we could see that. I just wish that we could really, really see that. So that's what I wanted to share, you know, uh, with you. And, oh, one little fact known. Um, my husband, um, Anthony Carter, um, shared something very, very interesting, Jay, that I thought you would get a kick out of. Um, what he shared... Um, is that, um, let me see, what he shared was about a gentleman who actually uh, wanted to help people have everyday water, okay, everyday water. 
And it was funny that he wanted to invent this thing that had everyday water, but here's the thing, Jay, he had nowhere to distribute it. And so he went to Coca-Cola and said, I'll help you upgrade your machines with Coca-Cola if you would be willing to help me uh, distribute all of these uh, these canisters or whatever he created. And the canisters would suck up even from the muddiest of waters, all the dirt out of the water and have it go through this filter that he invented that was clean. But he just didn't have the money to get it out. So, Jay, you know when people walk into McDonald's or other places and they press the machine for the soda to come down? Mm-hmm. He, is the, he is the inventor of that. Okay. And he he did that in exchange for the CEO, just a handshake, distributing these water filters out to least developed countries. Wow. Isn't that amazing? Isn't that amazing? And there's a, a documentary on this, and this is uh, his name is Dean Kamen. And this came by way of a uh, Twitter handle, Ask Tony C. That's A S K T O N Y C. Um, and he was watching this, and I thought that was amazing, so I just thought I would share that Coca-Cola entered into an agreement so that someone would update their machine to electronic in exchange for a good deed of them because they have the distribution power to distribute filtered water, uh, filtered, uh, you know, so that these filters so that people in other countries could even get something from the dirtiest of water, and it comes out clean. I thought that was just really great. So that's my news for the day, Jay, and I know you have some links that we're going to finish up with. So please bring it on. Um, I wanted to talk a little bit about concert goers, you know, because we, as you say, in Paris, a lot of people lost their lives at a concert. Now, I want to know, is it worth it to raise ticket prices and have these metal detectors now at each of these concerts? Anytime there's a concert, the promoter has to pay for these metal detectors and extra security. Will that scare people from coming to the concerts now and the whole live scene now takes a hit because now you have people that want to come in and harm other people? Is that worth it or should we just leave everything the same? And um, how has this has now changed the industry, the music industry? Because now if you have 15,000 people or 20,000 people at a concert hall, what do you do? Do you charge more now? You know, like, you know, you don't, you have, do you, do you have, t, uh, you have officers like at the airport, you have uh, the officers there to take your shoes off and the body scan. And do you do this now and charge more for the tickets? Do you shut down? What do we do? Gail, what is your, what is your take? And that's what I wanted to to bring up and talk and kind of talk about that. You know, you know Jay, Jay, I'm going to actually go back to you on that. What do you think we could do? Uh, I, I mean, it's it's very hard because you can't sell, don't sell tickets at the ticket counter anymore. Have people do background checks. Only people can get into concerts that have background checks. I mean, what, what can we do at the football games? What can we do? You know, you got the Super Bowl coming up here in San Francisco in January. I know that's going to be a a place where, you know, we have terrorists that want to come in and make a point. And then 
what point are we making by excluding and being afraid? Um, is it, do, do we have any protection from these people that want to do harm? Everything is not going to be ISIS. You know, some stuff might be some other factions, some other things for people to try to make a point. Or it could just be a guy that just kind of lost his mind and went into the movie like up in Oregon where the guy went in there and in Denver. Just he wasn't part of any terrorist thing. How do we solve? Do we have metal detectors at the movies now, at the theaters? What does America do from this point? Do we just keep everybody from coming to our country, all of the you know, people that want to come to America and close our borders? Do we shut down the country? Is that what the world has gotten to where we have to shut down everything so now nobody can have fun anymore? Nobody can go out no more? Everything is you do it at your own house. I mean, even when I in, in Detroit and you go to the window and you buy a soda, they got the they got the piece of glass between you and the you know the, the person, the cashier. Is the whole world getting to where we're insensitive? To where now you can't even address and can't even uh, talk to people. You can't talk things out. I'm afraid. I'm afraid of where we're heading. I'm very very afraid because I'm I don't afraid. want to live in a world. I don't want to live in a world like that where you. I, you I gotta wear an armored suit. <laughs> well, you know, I'm really scared too. You know, um, I really just, you know, I'm not saying that we all can be kumbaya, but I'm really afraid, and, and I can't lie about that. I am, I'm really afraid. You know, um, just really afraid. That's all I can say. And the whole, um, the, the whole United States is afraid. They're, they're afraid to to let anybody into our borders now. All the governors have said no Syrian uh, refugees can come. We, it's because of there's a scare. Everybody's afraid. So that means that 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 takes the love out of everything because now nobody wants to say anything, talk to each other. We don't want to have a discussion. It's, many states don't want to let anybody in our borders right now because we don't want that to happen here. We don't want that to happen anywhere, you know. And Paris is our sister country. They gave us the Statue of Liberty sitting right there in New York. We love them. We love them. They've always. So we have to support them. But it's just very sad now, the state of the world, where now everybody's afraid to say good morning or how are you when you walk by a person because you don't know what that could entail. What does that, what's, what, do, what does that tell us? Let's tell us we're getting ready to go into an individual type of situation where everybody's individuals and there's no village anymore because the village is afraid of the people in the village. I don't think we should live in that kind of America or that kind of world. We have to um, continue going to the restaurants, continue going to the football games. Not, you know, we can't live like that. But that's where we're heading if we don't stop. So I just wanted to. Bring that in because now concert people that go to concerts and football games and basketball games have to be more aware. Everybody needs to pay attention um, to any. Don't pick up any. If you see a bag laying by itself, don't go touch it. Make sure your kid doesn't touch anything laying around, and make sure you call the proper authorities to. Uh, everybody has to work together to solve this. Well, what, that's what's in inter- that what's interesting is also on this is this is this is really this this takes us into the music industry because right now with streaming artists have no choice but to tour. Okay? So this is this is quite interesting. Because they have no choice but to tour. You know what I mean? Right. 
So if an artist has to raise their prices, which means that there may be an affordability issue, repeat, I mean, price is already over the top. Uh, Beyonce had uh, a concerts go anywhere up to $1,000 for the front row seat. To 15, in, fact, in, fact, in fact, I think it was 2000 some people were getting. So we have to look at how we're going to do this. You understand what I'm saying? This, there's a, a big, uh, this is a major concern. This is a, a, this right. is a really great point that you bring up, Jay, because now we're looking at the music industry as a whole. There were also two music industry people that were lost, one from Mercury Records and, ironically, Muslim background, and another gentleman who was a critic, a music critic. So, I mean, what do we do here? What do we do here? I mean, if if artists cannot perform, they're left with streaming. What's the sense of going into music at that point? You know what I mean? Right. And then then you open up the, you open up the the, the door for streaming concerts and uh, Periscope concerts where there's nobody there and everybody just view the concerts from their home, like uh, pay per view boxing. Is that what we're gonna go to? I mean, you know, you want to see people live. You don't want to um, worry about if you go. And, you know, a lot of you know a lot of the you know concerts. You know, the music there. You, whether it's heavy metal, what they were doing over there in Paris, or whether it's hardcore rap here, you know, it, it doesn't necessarily bring the proper audience. It's kind of dangerous already. You know, kind of. You know, in certain places where you can't really go. So all this does is make. It just gives people more ideas to do more uh, damage to our industry, you know, by seeing that happen at that concert, you know. That just opens up a door, Pandora's box. So hopefully they'll figure it out and um, we'll keep the live thing going on. And it doesn't matter if it's 20 people at the concert or 1,500. Still, you have have to be safety. So you lose a lot of money when you have all these metal detectors and agents there, and then the concert is not sold out. Now you paid for all these. The ticket prices are up. This can damage the whole live industry, Reverb Nation, all of that. Uh, it already has damaged the tourist industry in Paris right now. Nobody wants to go. My friends over there um, played uh, Sheila E. and Eddie M. They were over there playing, and they were horrified. And the first thing they wanted to do was come back home. And they got on the plane again. They said it was so hard getting on the plane to get home, it like was a two, three-hour wait, which usually was a half an hour wait, two, three hours to get exactly. out of France. Exactly. So th- this is, you know, wow. And it's, it's, it's terrifying. Well, with that said, let's leave off on a good note with everyone. Mm-hmm. Um, Facebook has created donor pages uh, where you can actually donate directly to the nonprofit. But you have, and 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 but they're very strict with that. So they're only starting off with a very large nonprofit. It seems right now, and um, so that's that's one great thing to help people raise money. And um, you know that positive note of like you said, it starts with children. That teacher with special education children starting off with them in a positive note because they realize they're in special classes, and they will begin to love themselves and realize that they can learn at any level as well. And with that, Jay, that is the end of our show for the day. It was a good show, don't you think? I think so. I think it was a great show. And and to and wonderful. So 
just to let you know, uh, the person that we were at, to have on the show today is in Paris, and they're stuck in Paris. So oh. they will be with us next week, and we thank that guest, and we look forward that you get home safely. We're going to leave out with Treasure. I think it's very appropriate for our show today. Bye, Pat and Mother. <laughs> <laughs>